Remember it was a couple months ago we had that story about that LA Angels like longtime trainer who was making his own like foreign sticky substance stuff. Yeah, and making his own. Yeah, blood. it was like the uh, combination of uh, rosin and um, pine tar. And then he would take a uh, like a uh, like a an aluminum can, like a soda can, and he'd cut the top off, and then it was like a crackhead. He'd take a lighter and he'd heat he'd it like heat up. it up, and get it. It's very bizarre, right? Yeah. And then he'd 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 give it. I don't know if he sold it, but he would give it to not only LA Angels players who asked for it, all the way dating back to like the nineties. Anybody, but he also would start giving it to opposing players. It was like. Um, Garrett Cole yeah, was Garrett the Cole. one that he released the text messages. Yeah, from. Garrett Cole was doing it. There's a bunch of like big names. You're like, <laughs> that was when I nailed like yeah, a, a ton bunch of them. them. It was Felix Hernandez, Justin Verlander. Oh, those were the two that I remember off the top. My oh, Corey Kluber. That was one of the guesses. Yeah, so like because Rowdy's like, okay, let me guess. They're older guys who started to decline in production. Then all of a sudden they started teaming up with this Angels guy, and all of a sudden their stuff started getting better. Right? That's what. It, essentially yeah, what that it was. was basically the formula that I went with and. Pegged it at like eighty yeah, percent. Nelly pegged it over there. Well, I love, I love, that's the formula I went with. Is it really a formula? It's just educated guesses because I, you look at stats. Well, but listen, I, I guess they've been doing this stuff since like it's since, a formula. Regardless, pretty damn good. They've been doing this since the dawn of baseball, though, of like trying to get some kind of edge, right? Maybe not when baseball first was invented. No, Eventually, no, no. A guys like when, I want to put a when baseball on it. was first invented, it was probably even worse. <laughs> I'm gonna hawk some like loogie, just some snot on there. Maybe I'll get a little like uh, a little bit of jalapeno. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so these guys have always been trying to get an edge in all professional sports. You're always trying to get an edge, some way, shape, or form. Well, yes, Rowdy. No, uh, I was just gonna. I would, just, I would honestly say overall, I might be in the minority here, but I think the last few seasons. It's probably the cleanest baseball has ever been with cutting down on post Astros 2000 and what was that 17 when yeah. it got caught cutting down on the sign stuff the <laughs> substances that are yeah substances that are being used <laughs> while out on the mound with baseballs and just the PED and steroid use in general yeah it's probably about the cleanest baseball's been maybe ever well check this out baseball's trying oh. to get even cleaner. As Major League Baseball is going to enforce new policies to limit the use of foreign substances on baseball. I saw, first saw Jeff Passan tweeting about it. Like on the baseball? Oh, yeah. So, so check rosin it. bags are still okay. So the memo sent to all 30 Major League Baseball teams includes information about inspecting balls taken out of play. And then they're going to analyze the spin rate data and closely monitor dugouts and clubhouses. So the new procedures aim to limit the use of foreign substances such as pine tar that will increase spin rate, effectively you know, leading to more strikeouts. So the league will examine whether a pitcher's spin rate significantly improves for his from his normal quote-unquote spin rate. So Major League Baseball will test balls taken out of play both randomly and if officials have reason to suspect wrongdoing. So these baseballs will be sent to a third-party lab and will be tracked to the pitcher who who used them. So, well, if they were, if they had this implemented right around the same time, I think it was the 2017 Astros as well when they had. Oh, was it 2017? I'm mess. It's the year could be off, but it was when they had Garrett Cole, they had Justin Verlander, Lance McCullers, a lot of these guys that all of a sudden their spin rates just yeah. went through the roof, uh -huh. and there were people that were claiming that they were cheating and using different stuff on the ball for spin rates. 
I don't remember the exact year, but it was the year where they had those three guys because all of a sudden their spin rates became that much better. So yeah. check out what they're going to do here. So increased monitoring by compliance officers, inspections of baseballs taken out of play that will, like I just said, use a third-party lab, a spin rate analysis. So compliance officers are going to be monitoring dugouts, clubhouses, tunnels, batting cages, and bullpens. They will take random samples of balls, and the lab will then search not just for substances themselves, but the type that is being utilized. And then StatCast data will compare spin rate to their career norms. So, I mean, like, this is football refs monitor the balls before the game. Before the game, like, even before the flight gate, they're doing that. I mean, yeah, they always do. Um does that mean umps don't usually do that, and that's going to start? So they're going to be like, hey, bring us the, the balls you have for uh, this game. We'll go through them, make sure that nothing's on them to So they say with. umpires will continue to monitor for foreign substances during the games, but they'll also have compliance officers now walking around filing daily reports on their observations of team dugouts, clubhouses, batting cages, etc. So are we going to see less pitchers asking for new balls? Or is this going to slow down the game? Oh, when someone's making it faster. Or is it going to be an after-the-fact type thing going, well, I mean, they did cheat for about two months, but uh, yeah. here's here's the whatever little light suspension they'll get after the I'm fact. I'm guessing it's going to be one of those, like a foul ball, and they're like, nah, eh. this guy's been a little untouchable well, for dude, a little bit. They, Take that to the lab. They are going to be all over these pitchers because they're. it's going to be a stat cast, and they're going to analyze their spin rates all season. So when they say, like, all of a sudden the chart starts looking off or their graph starts looking off, they're like, okay. Something's off here. And then they go back. They're probably going to look at the compliance officer's daily reports, see the balls that were used, and the labs what tested and what they found out. And they'll be like, well, okay. Well, this guy, it, like let's just say in Anaheim, he all of a sudden he came there, and all of a sudden his spin rate's a little more effective here. Oh, that. Oh, I wonder if that pine tar's still laying around. Yeah, and just <laughs> wait until you run into the problem where you have a an aging pitcher that's you know starting to, to hit his early to mid-30s, and he's starting to lose velocity. But yet... He goes back, reinvigorates himself by throwing a lot more junk, which yeah. there most likely would increase his spin rates just to get by. And then they say, oh, oh, oh what are you doing here? When he's not even close to the same pitcher that he was mm-hmm. when he was younger. Because say it was more fastball, fastball, curveball. And then all of a sudden when he started losing that fastball, he started picking up more pitches. Yeah. yeah. Like, they're, they're going to run into issues with this. <laughs> Big no time. doubt. 608 321 the phone number. Uh, they just go to uh, knuckleballs and totally, we need the knuckleballers totally take out the spin rate. <laughs> See the phone line blowing up. I'll get to you in one second here. Uh, Could the, you imagine them like tracking spin rate on like Tim Wakefield on like windy days <laughs> versus uh, Tim Wakefield's spin rate when he just doesn't quite have the grip on his uh, knuckleball? So I'll read this again. The league will examine whether a pitcher's spin rate significantly improves from his normal, quote-unquote, normal spin rate. They'll test all the balls taken out of play, both randomly and if they suspect wrongdoing. And these baseballs will be sent to a third party who will be who will then track back to the pitcher who used them. So if you see a different spin rate, they'll be like, they'll come and investigate. Well, were you out at a Mexican joint? Did you have a little extra jalapeno with your tacos? Did I'm you put it under your nose? I'm just picturing a windy day in Boston where Tim Wakefield's just throwing these, <laughs> these floaters and it's not moving at all. And they're like, spin rate, nothing. Spin rate, nothing. And then there's a day where he just doesn't have his grip and he just doesn't have his same stuff. And they're like, spin rate, way up. Someone we need to look at this Someone guy. go grab that ball quick. We need to send it to the lab. This is like, this is crazy. 
crazy. So they say the ball has increasingly been scrutinized over the last year. But remember, they had the report about the ball that the the it was packed differently inside because Major League Baseball bought Rawlings. It was rolled by the Dominicans. It yeah, packed the, too tight. It's like the Cuban cigars versus the Dominican cigars. Um, this is a Seinfeld episode, if yeah. I remember correctly. The crepes. They were yeah, the, too the crepes. Poof, they're yeah, exploding. They, they changed I how win. they... How they rolled the uh, the, yeah, the insides of the baseball hand hand doing it, which obviously isn't perfect, to machine, and it's, it got round too tight, and they're like, Boop! that's why you saw home yeah. runs increasing. And the major league baseball is like, nah, that's just a conspiracy theory. You guys know what you're talking about. But remember, they changed the baseball going into this season. Obviously, they forgot to tell the Brewers who are averaging over two home runs a game. Yeah, steroids. So right here, the ball has been increasingly <laughs> scrutinized. An investigation by Sports Illustrated found the 2020 season had a large percentage of baseballs that weighed differently than years prior, effectively giving hitters an advantage. I guess the Brewers must have missed that memo, though. Yep. The investigation found these balls had less drag and therefore traveled farther. <laughs> now I feel like we're dating back to like travel baseball when you had a, just a couple buckets of balls. Some were newer, some were older. Like the five-gallon buckets? You're some just were the ones that, yeah, some were the ones that all of a sudden you, were, you had hitting, batting practice out into the field, yeah. not in a cage where you had everyone scattered throughout the field, yep. and someone missed a couple balls. And all of a sudden, they were the ones that had been sitting out there for a week or two that got waterlogged when it rained, and they were still in the bucket. So when you hit them, you could tell that they were heavier. <laughs> like, <"Dunk>, boom. Oh, <laughs> oh, this was a little waterlogged here. But send them to the lab. Except, get for, except for they're new for Major League Baseball. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is so they're going to have now compliance officers around every major league, all the thirty clubs, hey, just create, with a Hawkeye creating jobs, create job creators, Major League Baseball job creators, the 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 league that wants to speed How does up one become a. Major League Baseball compliance coordinator. You got to be a narc. Like, oh, this guy's got, oh, I see the little pine tar up there. I'd like to know what they get paid, though, because for the right price, I might want to be an MLB narc. (laughs) (laughs) We'll just call them MLB narcs. How often they use these baseballs. It's even harder for these pitchers to really, to really, unless they have it on them, it's hard for them to really get in and do much these baseballs. I mean, what's the average life of a baseball these days? Like four pitches? Yeah. yeah. Once it hits the dirt, they just toss it away. Like like I said, I wonder how often we're going to be not seeing that anymore. I want to know how many hats a pitcher goes through or a player goes through, or specifically a pitcher, because you see that little pine tar up there and stuff. Like how many hats do they wear a season? Oh, you lot. think it's one every, a new one every game? I think it depends on the player. Some I, yeah. go through quite a bit, and I think others are, well, this is my hat for the season. And you see yeah. that with the uh, – the you sun fade. Yeah. yeah. I'd love to fade, know. The sweat stains. I'd love to know see. how many hats are used. Let's go to the phones quick before we hit break. Welcome to the show. Who's this? You got some A-Tag man here. Oh, Zach, what's up, brother? Two two more days, boys. Yeah, two Saturday, dude. We're going to Madison Indoor Golf Center. You can, still spots available, by the way. I know Zach has his. MadCitySportsZone.com. What's up, Zach? I, I am I'm so excited. Uh, <laughs> so so no more Crisco, Bardol, or Vagisil being uh, <laughs> used by the pitchers, huh? We're sticking with the jalapenos uh, now. Little, little, you know, if the umpires are watching a little close. Yeah, little how about that? They're going to be, the, as RJ dubbed bit. them, the MLB narcs. <laughs> I love it. it. It's it's wild how they, they're they using all this technology to, to, find, to find people out of compliance, but... Using technology for sign stealing is is not allowed. I mean, it's it's kind of weird how they want to use technology in one way, but they don't want to use technology in another way. And 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 let's be honest here, guys, sign stealing is always going to happen in Major League Baseball. Yeah, it, there's 
there's no way you cannot do. I mean, you get somebody at second base, you know, you have a runner on second base, they can see the signs. Yeah, and they're going to try and steal all it. They, I hope everyone wins. They use they use hand signals back to the third base coach. Third base coach does the hand signals into the batter. That's how it's been happening for decades, and it's yeah. not going to stop. No, so, I hope it doesn't. I mean, that's just smart. You just it, cover your signs exactly. better, it's, you know, if you're the pitcher. Using, Catcher. It's u- using the advantages, you know, of, of what you have on the field. It's a mind but game. But when you use it, when you use it, like the Astros did with the video and the buzzers and, and trash cans <laughs> and things like that, when you take it outside of that realm, that's when it gets. But yeah. like I said, with with this, it's a really interesting thing because they're they're going to be analyzing the balls. They're going to be analyzing the you know they're going to have cameras on the dugouts watching. I mean, what happens when you get a clubhouse guy that's like, hey, I can actually get into that feed and see what the other team is doing. You know, then what? I mean, now we're right. getting into, you know, some, some serious, like, uh, I looked it up. Spygate stuff. And, Zach, we're up against the break, unfortunately, and I got uh, one more caller on real quick. But I, I wanted to – RJ was wondering what the uh, the salary was for a compliance officer. Ooh. I found it. And, Zach, maybe you could be an MLB narc, too. Maybe we all could be. 21 to $34 per hour is the entry level for a compliance officer in Major League Baseball. So there you go. That's not bad. That's not bad at all. Maybe. Hey, Zach. Might might allow it to happen. Excited to see you on Saturday and excited for your twins coming to American Family Field next Thursday. Can't wait. Can't wait. See you, buddy. Can't wait. Can't wait. See you. Much love. There's a way to get around the MLB narcs. As now they are having compliance officers, uh, MLB has sent out a memo of how they're going to have compliance officers everywhere looking at balls, testing the balls, taking away the balls, to send them to a third-party lab to get them tested. They're going to be tracking spin rates, and if it starts to get a little abnormal, they'll track it back to the compliance officers and their daily reports if there's any pine tar because they're trying to crack down on all of this. Uh, this we figured it out from our guy, uh, Adam. Adam. Adam messaged me on Facebook. He says, this is, how Hater keeps, this is why Hater keeps his hair so slick. It's soaked in pine tar. And I said, I thought about it this way. You know... Your hair, if you don't shower for a while, obviously, can get a little greasy. This is the way a workaround the pine tar fiasco. You let the hair get greasy, like Hater, the long yeah. locks. You just don't wash it for a few days, and all of a sudden, you just run your fingers through it, and then Hater, instead of having pine tar, has got the hair grease. And then you can get that velocity, <laughs> that spin rate up. And then all of a sudden, when they take it to the third-party lab, they're like, well, there's no foreign substances on it. We can't find anything. It's just haters' DNA. It's bodily fluid. Haters like, yeah, there you go. It's so just the greasy are, hair. Are you predicting a great season from Corbin Burns? Yeah, because he's yeah, got the long he's hair, got too. The super he's long hair. The... I mean, he had a really good season, and he had shorter hair. Brandon Woodruff could have like a greasy beard, you know, because he doesn't have long hair. He's got the beard, like maybe just gotta hope uh, grows it out a little more, the, and he gets well, yeah. decent. I mean, you just gotta hope the team allows people to pitch the appropriate amount of innings to earn postseason awards this year. <laughs> also, with the bigger beard with Brandon Woodruff, obviously you gotta take keep it up, keep to take care of it. Get that uh, beard oil in there. You gotta get some beard oil. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Rowdy, you got you got. I mean, you had a hell of a beard going on. Um, what were you growing up for again? Was the Packers Super Bowl? Run? Is that why Brian Wilson grew out a beard? Also, he tested <laughs> positive for anabolic steroids. But <laughs> that's true. Rowdy, did you ever have beard oil or anything? I do have some beard oil. I mean, that could not you really get, currently using it. Is it but, sticky or anything? Well, like, for, for the beard, I, can br- I can't grow a beard. I, mean, you, I could bring some in. I can't grow a beard, obviously, but we'll set up a video. We'll ha- throw you 
have you throwing without the beard oil. Then we'll we'll put some beard oil on on your fingers it's, and see what we get. No, it's different. It's definitely a weirder substance. It, it'll be like the substance where say you put it in and then you wash your hands with uh, soap. Yeah, you'll still kind of feel a little, a little tack. different even after you've washed your hands. I know now, what we can do now. Like a little tack in there, or just different in the sense that your hands just feel a little different at this point i'm going to say a little different because i actually never grabbed the baseball after doing it so. i know right. what we can do <laughs> all right rowdy so in about 15 minutes we're gonna get our guy rob reichel on and two weeks ago he wrote the article about aaron Rodgers being a lame duck quarterback and a lot of people uh thought rob was stirring the pot and that rob was just you know like essentially trolling packer fans and and oh, you just you just don't like Rodgers. Well, two days ago, Rob Domofsky, different Rob, he wrote a story about how Rodgers wants assurances that he'll be Green Bay's quarterback beyond just 2021 season and he won't be, quote, a lame duck quarterback. So, I mean, where there's smoke, there might be a little fire here. But, Rowdy, we'll talk about that with Rob coming up right now, though. And we've talked about in the 6 o'clock hour. We'll do it a little bit right now. Big dog, Mercedes Lewis. Re-upping with the Packers, two years, $8 million. If you missed it, the Packers did dip into free agency of someone that's not their own. And guess who that is? A long snapper. Packers got a long snapper, folks. You can breathe a sigh of relief as Joe Foot... How do you say his name again? Fortunato. Fortunato. There you go. Joe Fortunato is now (laughs) competing for a long snapping position with the Packers. So they have done something in free agency. Rowdy, they're bringing all the same guys back, right? You know, Kevin King got done. Aaron Jones got done. Yeah, outside of the long snapper, they've only brought their guys back. Yeah, they just they just brought guys back. I get the feeling, and I think a lot of people get the feeling, I don't ask you if you get the feeling, that they're having one last run at this core group of Packers, you know, essentially minus Corey Lindsley. They're doing one last run. They're like, yo, we have been one game away from the Super Bowl two years in a row. Two NFC Championship games. Hell, we even had it at Lambeau, you know, just – just just what happened last year. But unfortunately, you know, Kevin King reared his ugly head. We're going to re-sign him. And Tom Brady got it done. Rowdy. Rowdy. Is this one last run with this core, i.e. with Aaron Rodgers? Because right now, Aaron Rodgers has not gotten his deal redone. The only thing they've done at the quarterback is elevated Jordan Love from third to second string. I don't know if I would say that this upcoming season would be the one last run. But obviously it's numbered. I don't think... Personally, I don't think they're going to re-up or extend Aaron Rodgers past the three years he has remaining. And you look at the next few years, I do believe that he'll be the starting quarterback for the Green Bay Packers in 2021. I think there's a good shot that he'd be the starting quarterback for the Packers in 2022. But I am starting to really think about, especially with some of the lack of moves the Packers are making, that he might not be the starting quarterback in 2023 in his final final year of that deal that he is currently the cap, under. The cap hits less, right, in 2023? Cap hit is way less, and when you look at what is supposedly supposed to happen with the NFL cap, that's where it's supposed to have a big spike up, too. So the money will be much less, and the cap will be much higher. It just makes a lot of sense that that might be the year, so I guess that third year in this uh, upcoming Roger, or I guess the current Rogers deal. So two more years as a starting quarterback, but this is what I actually think is going to happen. What's that? I think they're going to find a way to extend Devonte Adams. 
I think they end up extending Devontae Adams. That frees up some money. Mm -hmm. Last time I checked, I would have to go back and look again since there have been some signings and and who knows exactly if over the cap or uh, spot track are correct. But they were about $4 million under the cap. The Green Bay Packers, that was. I think they extend Devontae Adams, create some more cap here. Because remember, they still have to okay. have enough cap to sign their rookies. To sign their yeah. rookies, which right now the estimated uh NFL draft cap for the Packers is a little over nine million dollars. So, so right, bef- right sorry to interrupt, but right before the uh, Mercedes Lewis deal, after they redid or re signed Kevin King to that one year six million dollar deal, the Packers after the Kevin King move were eight million dollars under the salary cap. And then the Mercedes Lewis deal happened for the two years, eight million dollars. But you said this year was two point something guaranteed? I, I haven't seen anything that's for sure. I've seen four and I've seen two point one. Okay. So the Packers were eight mil under the cap after Kevin King resigning. And now what are they are after the Mercedes? According to Spot Track and over the cap, they're a little over four million dollars under the cap. Okay. Is what I saw last night. But I didn't know if it was a hundred percent because everything's changing yeah, yeah, like everything changes. by the hour. Yeah. So if we go with that, we'll we'll say about four million dollars under the cap. I think they extend Devontae Adams, save some money there, but they have to still get to that. Nine point two ish million dollars that is currently estimated for the Packers draft pool. So, I would imagine that re or extending Devonte Adams would free up at least five million dollars throughout those next however many years they sign him for. Yeah, and that I think is all they're going to do. I think they what they would do would be use that money that you have currently and that extension to just basically sign your draft pool. And if you had extras left over, then maybe you go for a low level free agent. I actually don't think they're going to cut Lowry, Dean Lowry. That is until that June 1st date, because if they cut him right now, it's 3 million. If they cut him June 1st, it's 5.8 million. I think they wait. They use the money that they free up from the Adams extension and what they already have to, like I said, used to put towards their (sighs) April draft pool and whatever they have left, if there is anything left. And then I think that they cut Dean Lowry in uh, June just so that they take that roughly $5, $6 million to the season for them because they always do that. The Packers always like to have about $5 million left. they have that little uh, little cushion. Now, you're thinking they're going to get Devontae Adams uh, extended here. Well, we had someone, someone tweet at me earlier in the show. I love the Twitter name, Hugh... Janus or Janus, I'm going by huge Janus, and he said, "Why would Devonte Adams want to extend his contract?" And now the money, obviously, money, money talks. Depending on how much money, I mean, Ted DiBiase said it. Everyone has a price. The million dollar man said it. But why would why would Adams want to extend his deal if they don't get something done with Rodgers? It's like, dude, Aaron Rodgers and Devonte Adams is that special connection, right? I mean, Devonte Adams could be like, "Thank you, Aaron Rodgers, for helping me getting paid in full." Why would a guy like Adams and just you know just speculating here say okay I get to play with Aaron Rodgers or I got to see if Jordan loves any good? Well, if you're Devonta Adams and you're looking at that contract, one you're gonna have. I think if you're looking at it from the Packers' perspective, how long do you want to sign Devonta Adams to an extension? How many years are you looking to extend Devonta Adams? He is 28 years old. 
And then on the flip side of that, you just asked the Devontae Adams, why would I want to sign here? Aaron Rodgers still is under contract for three more years. And I would say if I was willing to bet on it, I would probably put a large chunk down that he'll be the starting quarterback for the next two seasons. Yeah, I can, So you're I going to have that. at least two years with Aaron Rodgers. Like I said, Devontae Adams is 28. He'd be 30 then. We do know that wide receivers start to slow down around the age of 30. And how long do you want to extend him? I personally, because I was going to actually ask you this. I thought about this last night. How long would you extend Devontae Adams? I think three to four would probably be the the number that you would be looking for. I I don't think you'd yeah, want to. Yeah, I'd do that around I there. don't think you'd want to go much past that, especially if if you do. I think three would probably be the sweet spot. Four, if if you do four years, he would be thirty two, and at that point, maybe if they had an easy out in the fourth year, maybe you'd do it. But I think three, yeah, three to four years yeah, would probably be. The number that I could see ex- him like extend him. I could see him like backloading that contract with a bunch of money. Like, all right, if you reach four years, here's the money. Then when the fourth year comes up, they're like, oh yeah, by the way, sorry, we're moving on from you. Like I see the Packers, but you can't necessarily. But you can't necessarily. I don't know if you would necessarily want to do it all backloaded. Because- no, not all backloaded, but it would like like you know just it'd get a little higher each year. I don't know what they would do. Maybe you would front load it then because the Devontae's but so you good. Can't front load but it you can't front load it because the Packers of the, pushed the current cap. You'd almost have to do it like if you signed a four-year deal, you'd have to go, well, years two and three, you get a little bit more, and then year four, because you'd want the easy out, would have to be a little lighter. See, it's it's uh, I think definitely a another big decision if you do it. it. I, I, I got to remember, I think it was $28 million the Packers pushed into the next season. I, they keep pushing this money back, obviously, because the cap is lowered. And they're trying to get you know. And rid- in twenty guys, twenty twenty three, they're expecting a surge in cap. Yeah, I'm. I think the. I think it was the number was twenty eight million. The Packers had pushed into the next year. It was something like that. I'd have to go get the uh, the research department's listening. They'll they'll tap me on the shoulder a bit and be like, "Yo, this is what it's going to be." Um, I love this. You know, Bleacher Report Gridiron had a tweet out um, on the twenty third two days ago, and it's a picture of Aaron Rodgers. And they say Aaron Rodgers wants Packers to commit beyond the 2021 season. The reigning MVP doesn't want to be a lame duck quarterback via ESPN's Rob Demosky. And with that photo, their their tweet says, the Packers quarterback in 2022 will be dot, 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 question mark. There's so many people out here already talking about who the Packers starting quarterback will be, not this coming season, but the next season. And then you have other big J's. I see this guy for CBSSports.com, David Sampson, saying Packers are moving on from Aaron Rodgers after the 2021 season. Then he's he's reporting about Rodgers not wanting to be a lame duck. How they got Jordan Love in the draft. How you know they uh, they just are not restructuring the Aaron Rodgers deal. It's get the drama's out there, and it's getting a little heated. Well, I just you know how a lot of I feel like Packer fans are like split 50-50 when it comes to success and what the Packers have done over the past 30 years. I feel like half of them are like, well, they've won the NFC North or the NFC Central back in the day. (laughs) So many years, they've been so consistent. They've been a playoff team. I just am glad that they've been consistently a winner and they've won the division. Others are saying, I wish they would have went all in more, so maybe that they'd have more than two Super Bowls in the last. It's 30 like the Packers years. are always pushing for the future, but never for the now. It feels like do you get do you get that vibe? To me, it's always the Packers always push. They're always planning for the future, but never planning to win now. That's why you only see two Super Bowls with one with Favre and one with Rodgers. But this is where I don't understand. 
you can be in both camps, right? You could be in the, I'm glad we've been really competitive and we've won the division and, and been a playoff team for the majority of those 30 years. Mm -hmm. And you could also be in the camp of, we've had two hall of fame quarterbacks. They've been great. They're top 10 quarterbacks of all time. And yet we've only had two Super Bowls, and they never went completely all in. But here's the thing. I don't get who's in the camp of moving on from Aaron Rodgers because I feel Neither like I. both camps would want Aaron Rodgers to be their quarterback because if you look around the NFC North, Aaron Rodgers is by far the best quarterback in the NFC yeah, North, and who, it's not close. Who gives you the best chance of winning a Super Bowl? If you look Aaron at, Rodgers. If you look at who is going to be the best quarterback in the NFC North for the rest of his three-year contract, I don't think there's really a debate it's Aaron Rodgers. that it's anyone but Aaron Rodgers unless somehow it's not happening. something crazy happened, which no one foresees happening. It's going to be Aaron Rodgers who's the best in the NFC North, yep. and it's going to be Aaron Rodgers for the next three years while he's under contract. Therefore, you should still be the best team in the NFC North, you should still be winning the division and being a playoff team. But at the same time, the people that said, let's go all in and win a Super Bowl, you can still go all in, be able to win the division and potentially have a Super Bowl with an Aaron Rodgers here in the last three seasons. I feel like both <laughs> camps shouldn't be the ones or people in both sides of the camp wouldn't be wanting Aaron Rodgers out. The The question becomes, who does want Aaron Rodgers out? You know who out? I think wants Aaron Rodgers then, out? I think it's Brian Gutekunst. Yeah. I think it's Matt LaFleur. There's only one answer to that question, and that's the front office and potentially head coach. I think it's I think it's Brian Gutekunst and Matt LaFleur that want to move on with their guy, and that guy, sadly, is not named Aaron Rodgers. It's now, a guy named Jordan Love. We could get off air at 10 o'clock today, 10 o'clock this morning, and, they and could have a deal news done. could break at 10.01 that Aaron Rodgers has restructured his deal but so far, from what we are going on, the information we know, it feels like no matter what camp you're in as a Packer fan, you should want Aaron Rodgers to be your quarterback and your quarterback for the next three seasons. The only people that are saying he might not be the quarterback outside of the big J's are the people that are giving off those hints, a.k.a. the front office and potentially head coach. I mean, the only, the only thing that makes me feel good yesterday of what happened was, I guess, signing Mercedes Lewis just because him and Aaron Rodgers are best friends. That's the only thing where I'm like, okay, well, maybe that's that's good for Aaron Rodgers because him and Big Dog are buddies. Other than that, I'm like, what the hell's? I think everyone not named Brian Gutekunst and Matt LaFleur are like, what are you doing with Rodgers? And, and at the same time, it's funny that you think them signing a 37-year-old Mercedes Lewis who's a blocking tight end but buddies with Rodgers is them trying to please Rodgers. Like that, that's the only thing I can hang my hat on. When on you it. could get like a mid-20s Ferrari. That is uh, would make you don't him like a the lot, classic. Would make him a lot happier. You don't like the classic ride. In fact, about cars, Rowdy Mercedes Lewis tweeted out after he got the deal. I don't know anything about cars, by the way. He said, "Obviously, making money is always in the car, but definitely not the driver or the engine. But maybe sitting in the front seat with the window down." Year sixteen, let's run it, Mercedes Lewis. Yesterday, potentially a car guy. Rowdy, are you changing your blinker fluid? No, you I'm do. not that dumb. You're rotating your rotary girder? I don't girder? claim to know much about cars. <laughs> we get to hear from Rob Reichel. What's up, Robbie? Good morning. How you doing, buddy? I'm on cloud nine, Rob. I got the communication breakdown rocking. I got you on the line. We're talking sports. The drama in Green Bay. It's like a soap opera continues. I am, uh, I am in heaven, Rob. How are you? Uh, I am terrific. 
and the, and the drama is is certainly playing itself out as as we talked about on the show last week, right? Yeah, Robbie, we did, and it was two weeks ago. Is you when you penned that uh, article at Forbes dot com, which was um, I mean always freaking awesome, dude, about Rodgers not wanting to be a lame duck quarterback. Was that was that two weeks ago? Yeah, that that was last week, Evo, because the new league year kicked in last Wednesday. And and then that day when they didn't restructure or renegotiate Rodgers, it you know it started to become pretty clear that they may not do anything with his contract. And then it was last Saturday, Evo, when he was due that six point eight million dollar yeah. roster bonus. And if you know, and, and and so I think you and I talked on Thursday last week, and then it became even more clear last Saturday when they didn't convert that roster bonus to a signing bonus. That in essence. They weren't going to do anything with this contract, at least right now, and it certainly leaves open the you know the the wide open potential that this will be the final year of Aaron Rodgers that he could be entering you know what in essence uh, Evo is a lame duck season. Rob, is it safe to say that you're a trailblazer and most of the other big J's have to look for their <clears throat> before they write any articles like this? They're just swimming in your wake, Rob. I, I would never go that far as saying that. I. <laughs> You know, I, I, I think that, you know, I, we'll the, do it the for you. Then, were pretty easy to read. I talked to enough people who said it's, you know, and, and, and I felt very confident writing that story from the standpoint that, you know what, if, if Green Bay was going to do something, they were, you know, I talked to enough people around the league that said if they were going to do something, they, it clearly made sense to start with the quarterback, right? Not to start with David Bakhtiari and, and go to the two Smiths and Amos and, and Billy Turner, and now, guys, as you know, they've gone to you know Mason Crosby. They they went to Funchess <laughs> in there along the way. You know you're you know you're picking up a couple million here and there. Now they picked up more with the Smiths and Bakhtiari, but guys had had they you know they were in salary cap hell. And had they started with Rogers, they could have picked up about fifteen million dollars in cap. I don't get right out of the shoot. I don't I get mean, it. it was it, the, the math there was so unbelievably easy to calculate and figure out and, and they went in about nine different directions guys other than the quarterback and even what it's done is it's, it's left them and you know kind of sitting there with all the chips at the poker table going into this year they they kind of hold all the power in terms of how they want this thing to play out do they want rogers one more year two more years do they want to move on you know, to Jordan Love in, in 2022, it's going to be Green Bay's decision, not Aaron Rodgers' decision. And, guys, we, you know, we, we saw what the Lions, uh, you know, got in that Matt Stafford trade. Imagine what, you know, a year from now, if Green Bay is shopping Aaron Rodgers around, what they could potentially get for Rodgers. I mean, I would, I would certainly think a couple of ones and a couple of twos, and now you've got all this salary cap relief and you start the rebuild or the retool, restructure, whatever you want to call it, with your new rookie quarterback at $4 million instead of Aaron Rodgers at $37 million, and you've got these extra draft picks, and you go out and sign free agents right and left and put one hell of a football team around Rob. you know, the, the, the third-year quarterback that, let's be honest, guys, you know, it, it, it certainly seems right now at least 50-50 as we're looking at Jordan Love a year from now. Rob, I don't get it. I don't understand. Okay, Aaron Rodgers just won the MVP. 
They have been one game away from the Super Bowl two years in a row. You're knocking on the door. You're on the precipice. You're on the event horizon of getting that next Lombardi trophy. And now you want to piss off your league MVP, who the reports are saying that he wants insurances, that he won't be a lame duck quarterback and he'll be their Packer or their quarterback for the Packers past the 2021 season. How do you, how do you, if you're in the mind of Brian Gutekunst and Matt LaFleur, want to give the reins to Title Town? 13 NFL championships to an unproven guy who looked good in a track suit last year. Evo, when's the last time they've been in the Super Bowl? Uh, 2010-2011 season? 2010, right? Exactly. The 2011 season. So we're we're looking at 11 years now coming up on this season, Evo. I mean, that's that is a long time with, with a Hall of Fame quarterback to, to not make it back. Um, I, I think they just want to try it a different way. That that's certainly how I perceive this yeah. at, at, at the time. People, Aaron Rodgers comes into this season at thirty-seven point two million dollars against the cap. That is the highest cap number any player in the NFL will carry this year. Mm. The, the the one part of this equation, Evil, right now that we do not know is if the Packers did not go to Aaron Rodgers about you know gaining any type of salary cap relief. Or if they did go to him, Evo, and he turned them down because he's ticked off still about the Jordan Love pick, and he wants to control his future, and he looks at what happened with Tom Brady here over the last 12 months. Tom Brady leaving New England, obviously, and going and winning a Super Bowl somewhere else, and maybe deep down Rodgers says, I'd rather do that at this juncture of my career than trying to get another one done in Green Bay. That's the one piece of this puzzle we still do not know. I mean, the the Packers absolutely could have gone to him, Evo, Mm -hmm. and he could have, you know, he he could have certainly turned them down and, you know, his agent said no in terms of salary cap relief, and that forced them to go to all these other players to to get under the cap. Well, if that's the case, Evo, all all he did was speed up his, you know, his his ticket out of town here, um, you know, which would then happen after, after the 2021 season. Um, you know, Evo, I, I'm sure Brian Gutekunst and the Packers look around. I mean, it's, it's been a long, long time since the quarterback making, you know, $40 million or, you know, absolutely at the top of the pay grade level has won a Super Bowl. The more common approach to winning titles here the last 10 or 12 years has, has been the Seattle with Russell Wilson on a, on a rookie deal, Patrick Mahomes on a, on a rookie deal, Tom Brady taking half of what he could be making, right, um, across the league. So, you know, when Aaron Rodgers, you know, sends out subtle, um, you know, messages that maybe there, there's not enough help for him, well, the number one reason is he, he, he's at or among the highest-paid players at his position year in and year out. And, and, and I would argue they've, they've done a heck of a job uh, putting enough pieces around him, bringing back 20 or 21 starters, going into next season and uh, certainly putting themselves in a position to win a Super Bowl. So, Evo, I, I think they're going to, you know, I, I think they're going to obviously you know, roll it back here, try to get it done again with the same cast of characters in yeah. 2021, see how that all goes. And they've left themselves a lot of options for after next season, what they want to do with Rodgers and what they want to do with Love. Man, the drama just unfolding. Rob Reichel joining us right now from Forbes.com. Follow him on Twitter as well, at Rob Reichel. It is a must-follow. Robbie, 
It's just it's every year I feel like it's just Rogers drama, right? And this this year feels a little different because now you throw in the fact that they had the uh, the comments after the NFC Championship game. Now I know it hurts. You know you're at Lambeau, you're a game away from the Super Bowl, and you know I wanted to ask about Kevin King coming up, but Rogers had those comments like, you know, I'm going to take a long hard look at my future. I don't know if I'll be back. You know this and that and that. He's a very cerebral, intelligent man. Hell, he beat an astronaut in Celebrity Jeopardy. And Rogers, Robbie, correct me if I'm wrong, doesn't didn't Rogers like to tape his interviews ahead of time to make sure it was like, you know, like like control over what was said and how it was said and because he likes to control not the narrative, but how he's perceived in the public. Yes. Does he do that? Well, I don't know, but I don't know if he goes to that extent, but but it, it, it is clear every single week he talks to the press, you know, on Wednesdays. And and he typically has a message that he wants to deliver. Yeah, like he's very intelligent. Like he knows what he's no, doing. It's no calculated. I mean, he's calculated. It's something he's clearly thought out. Whether it's a Monday night or a Tuesday night, or sometime during the day Wednesday before he meets with the media, you know that 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 he has a message either to the opponent, to to someone inside his locker room, to the front office, to the team itself. Um, he is absolutely. Um, you know, he he is extremely well thought out in terms of what he presents. You know, in in a public forum every every single week, evil. He's not one of these guys that just kind of flies by the by the seat of his pants. He he has a message that he typically wants to get out there. So, so um, I, I I agree with you wholeheartedly. Everything he everything he said after that NFC Championship loss to Tampa Bay was stuff he clearly had thought about. He wasn't just winging it there about his future. And and you know that that's I guess just another reason why you would scratch your head and wonder. Maybe Aaron Rodgers is telling the Packers right now no in terms of a restructure, you know, in you know, in, in terms of redoing his deal and renegotiating that thing. Um, maybe he wants. I mean, he's he's going to tell the fan base obviously what they want to hear, but maybe deep down he was so hurt by the love pick, and and who could blame him? Um, and and kind of having Green Bay force his hand a little bit that that he deep down says maybe it's better for my career to finish it somewhere else. All right, Rob. So uh, they did bring back one of his buddies. I mean, Mercedes Lewis gets that two-year, $8 million deal. Um, I mean, it's not, nothing going to wow you when it comes to the passing game, but good for the Packers' run scheme and the Matt LaFleur philosophy. So am, am I looking too much into that of them bringing back a friend of Aaron Rodgers who, uh, by all accounts, him and Big Dog are, are buddy buddies? No. N- n- no, I, I don't read it that way at all. You know what I read it as, Evo, that this this is slowly and – slowly and kind of um, morphing into a run-first football team. It's what they're <laughs> going to be when Love takes over. It's why Jones was re-signed. It's why Dylan was picked. Um, they will be, at, at whatever point in time they turn this over to Love, Evo, they, they will be 50-plus percent in the run game. That's how Matt LaFleur ran things in uh, Tennessee when he was the offensive coordinator. The Rams trended that way with, with Tory Gurley. You know, Mike McCarthy's final year, I think, Ebo and Green Bay, they were about 35% run, <laughs> and, and they've been up now in the mid-40s here under LaFleur. They, they are trending in that direction, and far and away the best blocking tight end on the roster is Mercedes Lewis. Now, he probably only plays 20 or 25 snaps you know, per game, and like you said, he offers next to nothing uh, these days in the, in the past game. And, you know, into his mid-30s, he doesn't run like he did when he came out of UCLA. But the guy's a beast as a blocker, yeah. and, and, and at whatever point in time they turn it over to Love. And even this year, guys, you know, like, like the last couple of years, so much of what they do in the past game is predicated off the run. And, 
you know, the, the fat guys, you know, I think they're going to have the most dynamic running back duo in the league coming up. I, you know, I think Dylan's got a chance to be a star, and, and Jones is already a star. That if they can get the offensive line solidified, you know, guys, I think that can be a top five run game. And, and, and honestly, LaFleur wants to start and, and base everything in his offense on the run game, and the pass comes via the run, and Lewis is just another piece in that puzzle. Robbie, you know how I know it's the end of times? It's not a global pandemic. It's not, you know, aliens now leaking all the sightings everywhere. It's not It's not all the evil in the world. It's the fact that after years of Favre and years of Rodgers, the Packers now are moving to a run-first team. That's how I know Armageddon is near, Robbie. It's just <laughs> the pigs are going to start flying next. All right, Rob Rodgers joining us right now. All right, Robbie, how about Kevin King? I, I thought, and I think Rowdy thought, I think we all kind of thought that after that display in the NFC Championship game, uh, if I were to like line up some suspects, my first public enemy, number one, I'd look at Kevin King and be like, you, you, that's why we lost. Then I would look at Petten, then I would look at Matt LaFleur, and then I would look at Aaron Rodgers. You know, I could go down a list here. Kevin King's back with the Packers. Yeah, you might want to put Rodgers higher on that list. I mean, there, 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 there was a big reason they were down 28-10, and Rodgers was certainly one of them. I'll get to King, though, because uh, and, and, I know that that's where you want to go. I was very surprised myself, Evo. Um, here's the bottom line, though. We, we hit a week into free agency. The market was pretty picked over. Uh, Green Bay at 29 in the draft clearly did not want to go into the, the start of the season with a rookie out there at corner. Um, Take Minnesota, for example, last year, Evo. They, they let a couple of veterans go, Xavier Rhodes, people like that, in, in free agency. They tried to replace them through the draft. I think Minnesota eventually is going to have a really good secondary with the young corners they wound up picking. But that first half of the year last year, I mean, people, people were throwing on them like it was me, you, and Nelly out there at corner. <laughs> I mean, it was, it, was, it was laughable, and Aaron Rodgers was one of those guys. If you remember, in, in week one, he went up there and torched the Vikings for 43 points. Um, it's really tough to ask a rookie corner. I don't care if it's Jalen Ramsey or Jair Alexander or how good that, that corner is to come in and play right away. So you know, for Green Bay, I'd say they're watching what's going on in Tampa, right? Tampa's going to bring back 21 to 22 people. The Packers are trying to keep the band together as much as possible to make one more run at it, I think, with, with this particular group. And, and to stay as competitive with Tampa Bay as possible – I'm sure they felt at this point in time the best option still on the street was Kevin King. Uh, they got him on the cheap guys. It's you know it's a one year deal. If if all these incentives kick in at six million dollars, odds are there's a ton of them he's not going to hit. Um, so the salary cap number doesn't doesn't hold you whatsoever. You, you again you got him on the cheap. And and you know, there's going to be a couple more guys like that. They're going to get on the cheap. You know you, you mentioned cutting D Lowry. You know, or, or or actually, Nelly mentioned that to me right before we went on the air. He, he thinks that's going to happen in June, and and I and I don't I don't think that's far fetched whatsoever. There's still going to be some really good players sitting on the street a month or two from now. You look around the league right now. Jadavian Clowney can't get a deal done. Um, you know that the the kid from San Diego, the really good linebacker, is is still sitting out there, and, and I, his name's escaping me right now. There's there's really good players all over the league, guys, that are that are still gonna gonna be sitting out there in June, and the Packers can still make a couple of moves. They locked up the corner position here, obviously with King, or they feel they locked it up. They'll probably still draft a corner in round one or two. They will groom him to take over for King starting in the 2022 season. They brought back Sullivan as well, so. 
guys, really the top five players in their secondary from a year ago are back. That was growing into a decent unit. I know King was brutal. He was absolutely miserable in that NFC Championship game. You're probably right, Evo. He's, you know, he's suspect number one for, for why you lose the game. Gave up two touchdowns. Uh, the, the, the one right before half is an all-time killer of a blunder. Uh, he's never been a very good tackler. He leads with his head, and he winds up on the ground more than he you know, winds up getting the other guy on the ground. But, um, you know, he's still big. He's long. He runs. There's some positive attributes there um, for a year, guys, and, and they can grow a rookie. It, it was probably their best alternative is, you know, as, as we sat there, what, on March 22 or March 23 when they yeah. brought him back. Rob, man, I could talk all day with you. Unfortunately, though, we got to pay some bills here at this commercial break, Robbie, so we'll get you next week, man, because we could just go on and on and on. But here's the good thing. We can check you out at Forbes.com. We can check you out at your Twitter account, at Rob Reichel. And, Rob, before I let you go, and we appreciate your time as always, how busted up is that bracket of yours, Robbie? Oh, I, I don't have a whole lot left. I wrote <laughs> the Big Ten hard, like uh, so did I. Like a lot of people, I think, through the Midwest did. I was I was kind of tricked by how how good the league was. So, you know, fortunately, Michigan's keeping the the torch alive at least at least for right now. But yeah, the <laughs> the bracket's not looking too good, Evo. Hey, we'll always have that Friday night when Wisconsin beat North Carolina, Rob. That was a hell of a game. Yes, 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 yes we will. The Brad Davidson night. Uh, Robbie, we'll uh, we'll keep on uh, keeping on with you at Forbes.com. All right, brother, we appreciate your time. Have a good one. I appreciate it, Evo. Have a great weekend. See you, man. There he is, Rob Reichel. Good stuff. <laughs> I had no idea that this even existed. I want to give a shout-out to uh, at Bry underscore Weiss. I hope I'm saying your last name correctly. As Brian says, tweets at me, Ebo says, and Nelson at Rowdy underscore Razor. You can watch the real world on Paramount+. Plus. I believe there's a reunion special on there as well. I didn't even know Paramount had a channel or a, or a, I assume the Plus is an app, possibly. I had no idea, so I Googled it. They have Ink Master? A show called Mom? Two and a half men? (laughs) Yeah, and I told you the only reason I knew that I even got Paramount was because they started carrying Bellator on Friday night. Bellator fights. I had no idea (laughs) it even existed. So I wanted to shout out to Brian. Yeah, now when we're craving our, we need our real world world. fix from the early 2000s, we'll turn on Paramount Plus. Do they have the ones from the 90s? That's the one that I grew up on was the 90s real world. And then uh, I eventually started to tune out when it was the real world road rules challenge. Yeah, that was mid to late 2000s. Yeah, I said uh, thanks but no thanks. So there you go. There's an update if you <laughs> a craving for the real world. <laughs> the more you know. Yeah, the more you know. They got pimp my ride on there too. I go for some some eggs to the Z. Yo dog, we put a fish tank under your car. We heard you like fish. So we put it under your car. Why? Don't know, but we pimped your ride. All right, ex- exhibit. Whatever happened to him, too? Okay, so Rowdy. The Brewers, how about this transition? Putting on a hitting exhibit <laughs> lately in Maryville as the Sticks. 13 hits yesterday. Christian Yelich with a grand salami. Colton Wong, I think his third home run, batting leadoff. And the mayor of Ding Dong City, Travis Shaw, going yard yesterday. Unfortunately, lost to the Rockies 9-8, to but still, the sticks, big. My concern, Adrian Hauser. What's up with Hauser, dude? Three and one-third innings, gave up nine hits, seven earned runs, and ERA right now of 8.25. Yeah, his last couple starts, he's been uh, hit around pretty good. But that's exactly kind of what we've seen in that shortened season in 60 games. He started out the gate really hot, was arguably one of their better starters for the first probably 
three, four, five starts, and then really fell off last season. What's, uh, what is he? What is what is he going to be? The biggest thing with uh, Adrian Hauser is he's got pretty good stuff. He's got uh, when he's consistent, he's got good enough stuff to be in a rotation. Yeah. And, you know, he has bounced between the rotation and the bullpen for the Brewers since, what, 2018-ish? He's got a good enough arm. It's just consistency, to be completely honest with you. And that's why I brought it up earlier. I don't necessarily understand why the Brewers right now have him penciled in as the third starter. In my opinion, he's probably the fifth right now. I mean, it's a little concerning of how he's getting been getting rocked. But I guess Cinderella Man says it's because he hasn't puked yet. Remember when he gets yeah, on the mound, he gets, nervous. he gets nervous, and he goes and yaks, and then he actually—I think he threw a pretty damn good game after he barfed everywhere. But he says, just let him spew on the mound again for intimidation, to, and then to calm his nerves. And right now, I think with the guys that they currently have, like I was really high on Eric Lauer that trade. What was that before last year? Yeah, he just since the the COVID shutdown and the weird spring training locations, he's not pitched well. He didn't pitch well enough to even sniff the team. They did a, a the right thing in sending him to AAA. Adrian Hauser still, in my opinion, deserves to be in the rotation. I'm just not sure why they're penciling him in third. Brett Anderson was solid for them last year in his first year. Brett Anderson has been a guy that has some good stuff, that's been a solid uh, starter when healthy. Yeah, when and, healthy. And he was healthy last year for the most part for the Brewers. Now, granted, it was just 60 games, but he's been healthy. So far in spring, why not pencil him in as the three? You see the two power right-handers at the top of the rotation in Woodruff and Burns. You come in with a lefty, and then you uh, throw the soft stuff at him with uh, Lindblom and then Hauser to finish the fifth. I still really think the best spot for Peralta right now is the long reliever in the bullpen that can go multiple innings. Yeah. Now, that yeah. could that could change if uh, Hauser or Lindblom or, or one of those guys really does stink it up uh, fastball Freddie probably if he continues to throw the ball like he has this spring will get some spot starts in there no doubt all right Rowdy real quick before we dive into uh, the top players here in Major League Baseball and there's some Brewers flavor on it uh, this is why I absolutely just love our listeners you know we can go on talking about Brewers we can go on talking about Packers you know Bucks who by the way won eight in a row last night go for nine tomorrow when they uh, finish their back-to-back with the Celtics you know talk Bucky as well but when we go on a little tangents, because we're not always sports here, you got to keep it loose. You got to keep it easy. We like to mix in the, you know, the the, liba- the libations. Excuse me. You got to mix in the pop culture and everything. The music, obviously, everything in between. So we were talking a little about uh, uh, real world, right? Uh, our guy Packers JT Jeff. What's up, Jeff? Nice to nice to see you tweeting uh, our way again. He says Landon from the Philadelphia real world. Do you remember him? That was this was 2004. I'd have to. Look I think it's it the up. 2004 is when Philadelphia Real World was. He says Landon from the Real World in Philadelphia was my college roommate, and he was absolutely nuts. Okay, so you know what the funny thing is when you first type in Landon and you have the Phil, the very second one that comes up is Philadelphia Real World. <laughs> I don't remember this guy. Um, uh, I'm trying like a lot of these things. Are like this I don't think I nuts. watched this real world. So, one of the couple first videos on YouTube is this drunk Landon partying. Landon, drunk Landon. So there you go. That's awesome. Land- <laughs> Use my room. Oh, he did go to the University of Wisconsin Madison. There it is. Okay, there you go. So there you go, Jeff. One of our awesome listeners. What's up, Jeff? Nice to hear from you. 
uh, was indeed roommates with Landon from the Philadelphia uh, real world, and is just as nuts as you could, uh, just as nuts as you could imagine. Wow, look at that! <laughs> That's awesome to hear, man. I bet you Jeff's got some stories. All right, Rowdy. So I'm looking here at. Well, yeah, the king says the Miz was in the real world. Of course he was, because I'm the Miz, and I'm awesome. The Miz went on to go be a WWE wrestler. I think he still is, right? So the Miz, hell yeah. All right. Young Gravy went to UW? I didn't know that either, Cinderella Man. Okay, so I was – Young Gravy's like a new rapper. I, yeah. Anyways, I'm looking at right here Major League Baseball's rankings of the top 100 players in the league, in Major League Baseball. And there are some Brewers, Brewers flavor on it here. Once I scroll down, right away, number 94. This guy wasn't ranked in 2020. Now he's ranked 94th in the majors for all 100 players. Devin Williams, the 94th best Major League Baseball player, obviously the right-handed uh, relief pitcher for the Brewers, who was his ERA. You needed a microscope to see his ERA last now, year. Now, I'm completely all right with Devin Williams just his coming on the stage in a shortened 60 game season, but looking that phenomenal and statistically being the best reliever. And if not the best, he was second best because him and Liam Hendricks were you're splitting hairs looking at their two numbers, but they were by far the best two relievers in baseball last year in the shortened 60 game season that everyone had to play in and everyone had to deal with. Now, I'm okay with him being in the top 100, but I wonder if some of the Brewer beat writers are okay with him being in the top <laughs> 100. Because some of them rated him, uh, didn't even want to vote for him when it comes to Rookie of the Year. So, Still boggles my mind. Yeah, yeah so he, obviously the 2020 NL Rookie of the Year, he allowed one run in 27 innings pitch. He's got the unhittable change up, the circle change. Batters went two for 62 off of uh, Devin Williams, 41 strikeouts. He had a 53% strikeout rate, which was the best ever for a minimum of 20 pitches. He is ERA is .032. Yeah, and just an FYI, I have trouble letting some things go, and that's probably one I'll Sh- never let go. Roddy, I don't think you've ever let anything go. I think when the I think when you came out the womb and the doctor spanked you to get you crying, you're still pissed off at him. <laughs> uh, next on the list, uh, so that's what what did I say? 94 for Devin Williams. You got to scroll down a little bit to find the next Milwaukee Brewer coming in at number 69. Nice. Josh Hader, 69th best out of the 100 uh, that they rank here in the major leagues. Hader leads all big league uh, relievers in win, win probability, excuse me, added over the past three seasons, a period in which he has evolved into, as Council talked about two days ago, a now traditional ninth inning closer. He started with the multi-inning beast. Now he's what? The ninth inning traditional closer, according to uh, Craig Council. Yeah, and he should definitely be on this list too because it's not only just a one game or a one season shortened year, but he's been pretty dominant for the last three years. Yeah, 69th in the list, which is a big nice. Brandon Woodruff comes in at number 60. He was ranked 96 last season, 60th this year. Now, I'm on, I agree Woodruff should be on this list as well, but I'm surprised that he's lower than Hader. To be Let's completely see. honest with you, Hader at 69. Hater. Brandon Woodruff at 60. I, I, oh, wow. Hader was ranked 36 last year. Dropped yeah. all the way to 69 this year. If you, if you abide by these rankings. I'm still surprised he's he's lower than Brandon Woodruff. Yeah, Woody was ranked 96 last year, now 60th this year. Uh, Woodruff has made all They say Woodruff has the makings of a bona fide top of the rotation starter. Well, I mean, he is getting the first pitch here. He's on the day. He's on the mound opening day. See, the only thing missing on his resume at this point is a full season of being the Brewers' ace. That's what they say is missing. Uh, then you scroll down a little more. 
And I then see no one else all the way down to 51. So then you, what you do is you click on their next little, because uh, it's all about the clicks, all about the uh, the clicks when it comes to the websites. You go from 50 to 26. And as I keep scrolling and scrolling and scrolling, you know who's on this list, Rowdy, from 50 to 26? No one. I was going to say, Christian Yelich is going to be in the top 20. Correcto mundo. I then go to 25 all the way to number one. I'm going to go with Christian Yelich's even going coming off a bad year, like 11th. Rowdy, believe it or not, Christian Yelich comes in at number nine. Nine times. Ninth for Christian Yelich. So here's why. He was ranked number four last year, obviously the down year. Um, you know, coming off of that injury where he busted his kneecap with a foul ball, you know, to the knee. Freak injury. So here's why he's ninth. Of all players who struggled in 2020, Yelich might have made the fewest excuses. He's now playing with the chip on his shoulder, and Brewers manager Craig Council is positive he'll return to form. Before posting a .786 mark last season, he led the National League in OPS his first two seasons in Milwaukee. Yeah, and when you look at... You look at Christian Yelich, his whole career. I, w- I was a Christian Yelich fan pre-Milwaukee Brewers. Yeah, you, know, you were I, high on him. I loved the move when they brought him in. I got the jersey before they, he even played one game for the Brewers. He was always a, a guy that was a great a great, uh, great hitter of for average. He could hit for average. He was starting to develop a little bit more power as he was this long, lanky kid. He played good outfield. He won a gold glove when he was younger. He had above average speed. He had a lot of tools, and he just seemed to be growing into his body. And then when you got him into Milwaukee in 2018, you had a guy that was in his mid-20s, and he exploded in that left-handed, friendly hitter's ballpark. Yep. And in 2018 and 2019, until he broke his kneecap, it's not hard to argue that he was the second best hitter in baseball behind the guy named Mike Trout. Well, he should have won back-to-back MVPs, right? Yeah, he should have. He should if he didn't if he didn't break his kneecap yeah. in September, he would have won back-to-back MVPs. Yeah. And if he didn't, he would have got absolutely robbed. Absolutely. So the top ten: uh, Francisco Lindor, you know, out of the Mets, he's ten. Yelly's nine. Fernando Tatis Jr. out of the Padres, he's eighth. Freddie Freeman is seventh. Jacob DeGrom is sixth. Garrett Cole, fifth. Ronald Acuna Jr. is fourth. Juan Soto is third. Mookie Betts is second. And Rowdy, your favorite player? Guess who's number one? Mike Trout. Correctamundo. Mike Trout probably was number one on that list that for the last seven years. Yeah, Mike Trout is just, Mike Trout is, is wow. I don't even know. Can you even put words? But that's what's crazy. That's honestly the crazy part about it. Once you look at what Christian Yelich had done in 18 and 19, it was the only guy that you could say was better than him hitting the baseball was Mike Trout. I would even put him above Mookie Betts, who probably came in as, as third during those years. They say right Nolan, here. Right? Nolan Arenado was it, probably the top five was Trout, Yelich, Betts, uh, Arenado, like that's your top four right there. They, here's what they say about Trout. If, if you can try to put it in how good Trout is in words. They say, if you can judge a player's greatness by his worst seasons with Trout, you can see at a glance why he's much in a race with the likes of Babe Ruth 
and Willie Mays for historical supremacy, as he is with Mookie Betts, Juan Soto, and Fernando Tessis Jr. for the best right now thrown that remains his and his alone, Mike Trout. When you have the decision in your life, whether you want to hit 40 home runs a year or <laughs> steal 40 bases a year, or maybe just shoot the gap and go 30 for 30, you're pretty special. He is phenomenal. But as Rob Manford said, he's not marketing himself well enough. Well, Rob Manford, you're the, actually the idiot here. Mike Trout, what's the guy got to do? He's up there with the likes of Babe Ruth, Willie Mays. Mike Trout marketed himself better in a season leading up to COVID at a, what was those, top golf things where he hit it out of the simulator. Yeah, he spanked like five Better yards. than baseball has ever uh, marketed him. So. Yeah. Rob Manford, you stink, dude. His one viral video at a Top Golf was uh, better than anything Major League Baseball's come up with. 